DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to talk jazz basketball with the radio voice of the jazz, David Locke. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. David, good morning. Hello, guys. How are you? Good. Not as good as the jazz defense, number one in the NBA. Now, how many, how many games in before I should be looking at stats? Was that a mistake? Should I have not clicked on stats? So it's the only sample size you have, so you can click on stats. I was yeah. just doing the same, so I'm not going to criticize you for that. I was trying to see if there's any early indicators of whether the shot selection in the league is changing at all. Um, so you have to, I think, understand the sample size you're looking at to know what it is. But um, I would say that it's a pretty pretty good sign that um, that the Jazz defense is what it is. Uh, you know, you can't you can't be any better than number one at this point in time. So, I think that I think that's probably the most in, you know, important thing to look at is that they've done about as well as you can. And I don't know what caliber of offenses they've played. I, I can't quite figure out whether Oklahoma City, uh, where Oklahoma City fits in this mix, and Sacramento is the worst half court offense in the league right now. Um, so, the sample size obviously is noisy and can be skewed, but it's good. How much is spacing allowing Donovan Mitchell to be as effective and aggressive as he is? I think a lot. I mean, we're really, it's really obvious, and, and the guys are kind of trying to figure that out. And there's just a lot of little tiny adjustments to it, but um, they, are, they, are, they are beginning to figure it out. We're seeing it. I mean, they're right now, all of a sudden, the Jazz are the ninth best shooting team in the league, and um, there's all sorts of areas where they've, and Donovan's really feasting in the mid range where he has just all sorts of room. Um, he's going to have to, you know, I don't think he can live there quite the way he is right now. He'll have to adapt. He'll have to find a way to get back to the rim, um, and in some manner, or else he's going to just. It's too hard to be efficient the way he's doing it right now, uh, because you don't get fouled and those shots don't generally go in. But he's doing it really, really well right now. So, um, and t- teams will adjust and come out on him a little harder, and that will probably open up some of these things. I mean, it's a little bit of a yin in the end. Are you surprised that Bogdanovich has made this big a splash in the first five games? So, in some sense, no. I mean, he's really good. Um, and at training camp, it was really obvious that he's really good. There are things he's doing that he's doing a little bit better than um, than I anticipated. But his play really allows the Jazz to do all sorts of things. I mean, the other night, the Jazz played Donovan with the second unit. So now all of a sudden, Donovan's going against second unit guys because Bogdanovich and Conley and Gobert can carry it themselves for a little while. That's, that's, that gets pretty interesting. Um, I always thought it was going to be Bogdanovich that was going to be the, the guy out there as the second unit guy, but they've, they've made that little switch that Donovan's running with the second unit, and it actually makes a lot more sense. Uh, and that's a pretty exciting possibility for the Jazz, that you have Donovan running with the second unit and coming downhill, and Bogdanovich's scoring is allowing them to do that. Um, I've talked about this a few times. There was a play in Phoenix where he went into the lane and he just got um, he got up higher faster than I thought he was going to be able to. Um, you just kind of can see it when someone does something like, oh, whoa, um, that's not what I anticipated. So he is, he's got, Bogdanovich has something to his game where, you know, he slid by Zubak, who's obviously not a good defender and was mismatching went one-on-one, but he really slid by him with almost seemingly no move. And so there's something to him that he's a little quicker and a little stronger than it and has a little more power than I think you naturally see. 
You had a chance to see the Lakers up close the other night. How legitimate are they as far as getting out of the West? Very. Um, a lot of it's going to stem on whether Avery Bradley can stay healthy, but everyone's talked about their shooting, but their defense is incredible. Um, you know, Avery Bradley and Danny Green getting up in on ball handlers pretty big time. And when they switched to Alex Caruso at the point guard in that game, Alex Caruso six six. Um, so now you have, and then you have the length of Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, and Dwight Howard. Um, not to mention LeBron, one of the most cerebral defenders ever, even if he's lost a step and isn't quite what he once was defensively. Um, you know, he's, um, he's pretty outstanding, you know, reading passing lanes and playing free safety, and he's huge. So, no, I think they're great. Um, and I and really, I didn't know if they were going to be good defensively. And they're going to if Avery Bradley holds it together. His body kind of broke down in Detroit, and then was better in Memphis. Um, if he can stay healthy and keep playing at the level he's playing right now, he gives them something. And then they and then those are decent shooters, Bradley and Green as well. So speaking of bodies breaking down, if you were the Warriors, would you just go into full-on tank mode and say, hey, let's get a high pick to add to the core that ought to be healthy next year, and let's go then? Seems intuitively obvious, doesn't it? it I mean, what's the point? It does, so, yeah. but they've been so and I think good. The, I think the other aspect to it is that Draymond's knees have been bad. So Draymond actually is the one who needs the year off, and he's now the last one standing. So I, I really, if your two choices are trying to go for it in some way and 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 grinding Draymond down more than he's already been ground down um, or, you know, pulling off the accelerator and letting Draymond be managed and play 50 games and, and try to get his knees better. I, I think that actually would be what would be driving my decision. Do you have any concern about the bench not playing as many minutes as I thought they might be? And then conversely, the starters playing bigger minutes. Um, I have some concerns that we don't have 240 quality minutes of basketball right now, so I would think yeah. that's what you're alluding to. Yeah, exactly. To. Um, yes. They did some things the other night with the bench that I think they've made some changes on how they're using it that hopefully will be a, a difference. Um, one is the Donovan thing we just mentioned, and then two is they were playing Conley in three stints a half, and they put Conley back to two stints a half, and then that allowed the bench unit to play together for an extended run. I mean, I think that... Um, you know, Jeff Green and Emmanuel Moutier both are going through pretty big adjustments at different stages in their career. So Jeff Green's 33, and it's easy to say, like, oh, well, you should just understand. But I think he played 30 minutes a night last year and started most of uh, or a lot of games in Washington and has played an awful lot the last few years. I don't think he's quite ready for 16 minutes a night. If he's going to have to do 16 minutes a night, you're far better off letting him have two stretches of eight. Um, it'll make him feel you know, more engaged. Emmanuel Moutier started in Denver, started in New York. This is the first time he's ever come off the bench. Seems to be pretty dead set on getting his shots up in his 16 minutes on the floor. Same concept. Like, I think if he knows he's playing 16, and he'll probably have to play a little bit more as you try to bring Mike down. Um, you know, can he, can he play, can he move it a little bit more? I mean, his just instinct is to beat the guy who's guarding him, which he generally can do, but it's just, you're not running any offense at all at that point. You just Emmanuel Moutier goes to the basket, and then if he doesn't have a shot, he passes. That that's not a great answer. Um, so I think you'll have to, you know, he's going to have to, you know, if they're playing eight minute stretches, maybe they can both those guys can be a little bit more, you know, moving in the basketball, moving without the ball in a manner that neither of them have been accustomed to in their career. 
As the back-to-backs pile up and there's more plane flights, should the starters all be playing 35 minutes, or does that number... There need... cannot be more plane flights than what we've just done, frankly. <laughs> this, has got to, this is it. I think this is the worst stretch of the season for us, actually. Like, I don't have great hopes on tonight. Um, isn't this our, like, this is our sixth game and six with that... I don't think we've had a day, look at the schedule, I don't think we've had a day where we didn't either play or fly. Right? That will take me a minute to get to because I didn't have the schedule up, but I will check that for you. Check that out for us and get yeah, back. Think, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think Monday is the first time the team has a day off um, with no plane flight or no practice or no game, excuse me. Which means they haven't practiced yet. You know, so you're suddenly tonight. You know, I feel like you're walking into a buzzsaw. They're 0 five. If they have any pride at all, they probably will play. They look better against Charlotte than they did earlier this year. I don't think we're tired per se. I just think we'll be off um, by a little bit just because of it. And then you have um, we haven't practiced in you know they haven't had a practice in ten days. So just based on the small sample size, Joe Ingles is at least the scoring is cut in half. I think it was twelve last year. It's six this year so far. Should we expect that the rest of the season? Um, it's a good question. You know, he's gone from being the second option to the fifth option, so I think that that is certainly a change. Um, you know, his body has a tendency to kind of rev up, like. He usually is one of these guys that needs it kind of look at him, I think, always over his career. He's kind of taken, you know, five, six, maybe. I haven't looked at the numbers on this. This is just kind of my feeling, and I've, I've heard it from some people, that he just takes a little while to rev his body and get it get it rolling. I mean, it's a fine-tuned machine right there, and you just, you know. Um, but I do think, actually, in all seriousness, that he, he does need a little time. Um, hopefully there's nothing else going on. He has not turned the corner on the pick-and-roll uh, the way he did Last year yet, very often, we haven't really seen him kind of come off Der- the way he came off Derek and, and get to the basket. And either hopefully Joe wasn't really relying on Derek as much as that would lead one to believe or that Joe has slowed a little bit. Um, hopefully neither of those two things are true. So we'll see. Um, but I think I do think going from the second option to the fifth option is a pretty big change um and it'll be interesting to see the new way they have the rotation we're getting that lineup of of conley donovan ingles bogdanovich and gobert a little more bombed in the first half and was pretty good in the second half good night will the guy should we really be looking more at the player's efficiency because who gets the shots is going to depend on how each opponent chooses to defend and who they might rotate off of and leave or be unwilling to help and double on whereas another night another team might be that's a great point um, I don't know yet because um, uh, we haven't seen enough opponents, but I think it's a, the concept is perfect. I think it's a great point. Um, and then I think Bogdanovich is actually more dependent in transition than people realize. So we've been getting these press releases that say Exum's been going down to the G team and practicing and all. Does that mean he's close? And if he is, what type of role does he have? Um, I do think it means he's close or it means he's closer. How about we go with that? and I, I probably don't know if he's close because I don't know what's been happening at practice. But let's go with that he's closer. I mean, the reason for him to go down is to now play five-on-five five and be in contact and participate. He's been doing two-on-two. Two, he's doing three-on-three. Three. I never saw him play four-on-four, four, but maybe he just did that with them. And um, So uh, the Stars leave. I, I think the Stars are in town today, and then they leave town tomorrow. So I would suspect that 
um, unless Dante joins us here, that Dante joins us in L.A., and I don't know what that means. I don't know if he then practice will not practice Monday. Does he practice with us Tuesday? And then he's, you know, suddenly is it, are we, or is it go time? Um, I don't know. Um, but I do think, you know, if some that script seems possible that as early as, um, I mean, I guess in theory as early as Sunday, but I don't think so. Um, but I would, you know, so the next thing would be Wednesday or Friday, would be windows where if he's really progressing that you could see him, but I don't know that maybe it's, you know, maybe he needs eight practices in the G league. Um, but the G league team, I think leaves town on Saturday. So they, with that, you know, but, and so then he needs, you know, he's gotten three practices with the, with the G league. And then he gets, you know, two or three practices with us on Tuesday. And then I think we'll probably do something on Thursday. And, and so you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're seeing it begin to start the process to get in there. I, I don't have any idea uh, how, you know, are we days away, weeks away? Um, it does feel like we're probably inside the week game at this point, and that's pretty exciting. David, as always, we appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. Okay, sounds great. Talk to you later. David Locke, Radio Voice of the Jazz, checking in with us.